0: welcome to the life and legacy show where we discuss all things elder law estate and legacy planning hosted by certified elder law attorney tim seckler from the seckler law firm and now your host attorney tim seckler And hello everybody, my name is Tim Seckler and you are now listening to the Life and Legacy show sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm, where great families come to make great plans. I'm your host, Tim Seckler, and, uh, and today we are chatting uh, about a, a number of things, um, but but really, you know... Th- these conversations can, can turn quite technical sometimes when it comes to estate planning and elder law issues and wills and trusts and powers of attorney. But if you really boil down what, um, what everybody's looking to do, what all the seniors and in, in the baby boomers, in my experience, are, are really kind of looking to do, it, it's a couple of simple things. Now, we use pretty complex documents to accomplish these simple things, but it really boils down to a few simple things. And before we get into that, before we get into those those things, um, for those of you who have not heard the show before, have not heard f- of us before, the Secular Law Firm, uh, we are your family's partner in estate planning and elder law. We do uh, estate planning and elder law sort of across western Pennsylvania. Uh, my main office is in Mars, but we meet clients in uh, Mount Lebanon. We meet clients in Somerset. We meet clients in Newcastle, and, and we, we're able to, to uh, meet with folks um, from across uh, from across this part of the state, and, and what I've tried to do is, is try to put it so that I've got an office within about a half an hour drive of everybody because um, we just want to be convenient in there for you. But if you need help in this type of thing, maybe what you ought to do is check out one of our upcoming workshops. I do estate planning and elder law workshops pretty frequently, a couple of times a month. Uh, we host those in Mars, and I do host them in Newcastle as well. Uh, And essentially what we do there is we talk about all of these legal issues like probate and death taxes and and long-term care costs and Medicaid eligibility for a nursing home and wills and trusts and powers of attorney. And we get pretty good feedback on the workshop i think it 's good information i 've been uh, i 've been doing the workshops now for a number of years. We get good turnout and and good feedback and sometimes people come back twice sometimes people will bring family members back uh, because I, I think they find in, in at least in my opinion we provide some pretty good information it 's not a sales meeting you 're not asked to whip out your credit card uh, it is It is just a, a good education because the way the reason we do these workshops is uh, I like to offer free consultations to clients if if you're interested in coming to do an estate plan and, and want to know the information. I don't like billing people to do education, but if uh, if we just met with everybody for the free consultation and had the educational meeting uh, the same with everybody, then there, that would eat up so much time that we'd almost have to charge for the initial consultation. So we do the workshop instead, and, and you know what, it, it turns out... Uh, to be a really uh, a really good and educational event. So I would encourage you to check it out. You can always find our upcoming workshop dates and RSVP for them on our website at com. The weird spelling of my last name is S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. Uh, go there anytime, register for the workshops, give us a shout. If you've got questions about them, my team is fantastic. They'll be, they'll be happy to help you with it. And, uh, before I get into some of the technical things that I really want to chat about, I, I've got a sort of Tim's hot tip of the week, um, type thing. Maybe that's, maybe that's something new that we should do every week that the hot tip of the week, but, um, if you you know, with all of the drama and all of the headache and everything that's going on in the world right now, one thing that it actually is a good thing for consumers is the the uh, the very very low interest rates that are currently out there on money. So, um, if you haven't looked at um, your current home mortgage, if you have one, um, it may be a good time to take a look at that. I'm I'm currently. And and the reason I'm talking about this to you is I'm currently in the process of refinancing the mortgage on my personal home and saving almost a full interest uh point on that and over the course of a long mortgage, boy, that, that adds up to real dollars. And so if you uh if you are sitting at a at a mortgage rate and you haven't looked at it in a number of years, um, there are, there are some really low rates out there available and save yourself a whole bunch of money over the course of the loan. So, um, don't put that off. It's actually really easy. Reach out to your bank, check rates, search online, do whatever it is. You know, I'm, I'm not coming to you with this idea because I've got any ventures in, any vested interest in it. I, I don't really care other than, Hey, maybe, maybe somebody listening uh, goes out and saves themselves uh, a few tens of thousands of dollars by refinancing their house. So check that out. Okay. But at the top of the show, what I said is uh, we are going to be talking about uh, the four things, four or five things, everybody wants to do with these estate plans. Um, And just to sort of do an overview of them, and then we'll get into the details a little bit. After about 10 years of doing these plans... What I see people really wanting to do, and, and you know, if you're listening to this just sort of mentally, does this, is this you? Does this match up to you? And, and what people want to do is they want to maintain control, number one. I want to be in control of me and my things. And if I become incapacitated, I want to make sure I know who's in control of me and my things. And so uh, it's really about managing control. The second thing everybody wants to do is they want to not go broke. Right. I mean, we spend our whole lives working to accumulate some savings to uh, to own a home or if you don't own a home to own enough retirement savings to get us through. And and I don't want to go broke um, through retirement before retirement. So so the idea is there are some leftovers. Uh, And and so then you got to look at, you know, what are the things that could make you go broke? And and we'll dig in that a little bit more. Um, So I want to maintain control. I don't want to go broke. Another thing people want to do is if I need care, I want to get the care on my terms. I want to understand uh, the differences in the care settings. I want to make sure that if I need a private duty nurse, if I need somebody to come into my home, I can access that care. So I want to maintain control. I don't want to go broke. I want to get the care that I need without being overly burdensome to my family. And the final thing is... um, I want the leftovers to get to my family if you have kids, you probably want the leftovers to get to your kids and and so if we've done the other things right then there there would be some leftovers and we want that money to get to your kids rather than Uncle Sam rather than uh you know the kids' potential future divorces and different things right so So those are really the things that like over and over if you if you if I sort of had to conceptualize after having done all of these estate plans. What are the things that that really keep families up at night? What are the things that the, that they're really trying to accomplish? You know, uh, lawyers tend to to talk in solution mode. They they want to talk about wills and trust and powers of attorney. But but nobody nobody goes to bed at night thinking I need a will, right? It, you don't go to bed thinking about the concern. You th- you think about the problem. You go to bed thinking, well. If I passed away and I didn't have a will, what would happen, right? So the problem is uncertainty in that situation. The problem is I've lost control, right? So what everybody, just to to go through it again, what everybody seems to want, maintain control or at least manage control. If I can't do it, I want to not go broke. I want to get the care I need when I need it on my terms. And when there are leftovers, I want it to get to the right people rather than the government or the would-be predators and creditors out there in the world. And, and So knowing that and knowing that this is sort of what everybody wants to do, let's talk about them. So the first one, I want to maintain control. I want to be in control of my stuff, and, you know, I, I am in control of most of my stuff. Now, I'm married, which means that, you know, all the guys out there listening say, so, well, okay, your wife is really the one in control of the stuff, right? But no, you know, she lets me she lets me make some of the decisions around the house and gives me my my monthly allowance or whatever, but we're in control. We're in control of our own stuff. We both have our health. We both have our mental faculties. We get to make the decisions with regard to us and our family and our kids and our money. Um, And so uh, we want to do this. Now, but what happens if we're in an accident? What happens if I have a stroke? What happens if I have Alzheimer's disease? What happens if I'm in an accident and I bounce my head off of the dashboard and and tomorrow – Maybe I've got jeopardized capacity and and now who's in control? Well, you know, sometimes people assume, well, your wife. Your wife would be in control of your stuff. But that's not really what what the state's rule book says. You know, the state law, if I didn't do anything, if I hadn't planned ahead, the state's rule book uh, see, I think uh, about creating an estate plan as sort of creating your own rule book. But if you don't create your own rule book, then you're stuck with the state's rule book. And the state's rule book, if I become incapacitated, would be that I. Uh, my wife, in all likelihood, would have to petition to become my legal guardian right so now we 're in legal guardianship we 're in a legal proceeding in the courthouse to have me declared legally incapacitated, and i don 't want to be declared legally incapacitated so if it 's borderline, this is never fun, and this ends up with husband and wife in, in bitter battles over control of the dollars and you know so so this whole guardianship thing is to be avoided the the best way to do it is you do a financial power of attorney document, but you need to have a really really good power of attorney document and so other show some other day or at the workshop, come and find out what that means. You need to have a really good power of attorney. So just because you have a power of attorney document, maybe you're driving along listening to this and, and you already have a document, or maybe you're someone else's agent under a power of attorney, you know, you're serving for mom or dad or whomever. Uh, boy, you, you better have that document reviewed by us, have it reviewed by another elder law attorney, because far too often I see these power of attorney documents that really don't have enough legal muscle. They don't have enough legal authority uh, to deal with the situation if if mom or dad ends up in a nursing home and we're trying to protect somebody. So that's a little bit of a tangent. I don't think I'm going to go any further down in today's episode, maybe in a future one, but we want to maintain control. A good way to do that is with the power of attorney. Next up, the next thing I want to do is I want to not go broke. So what are the things that can make me go broke? Well, you know, you've got traditional things like market risk, I've got all my money in the market, and then we have another 2008 or whatever, uh, and and we lose a bunch of money. So there's that. Now, that is not an issue that my law firm solves. We don't do investments. We don't deal with that. But um, I could certainly introduce you to some financial advisors who could point you in the right direction to sort of mitigate that risk. So that's number one. What about taxes? You know, I could go broke paying taxes. Income tax rates can be in the 30s, federal death tax rate if, if I were subject to it could be in the 30% range, even higher. Um, the good thing is that we don't really have, most of us don't really have a federal estate tax in the current environment. So right now there's a lifetime exemption, uh, against the estate tax, the federal estate tax of over 11 million bucks per individual. So a married couple is $22 million. And, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of us that have that kind of money. Now, somebody has that kind of money. There there are folks around that have it. But, boy, a, a far vast majority of us, 99.99 and a couple others probably, um, don't have that kind of money. So, But one thing you could be on the lookout for um, is that number to come back down. You know, this government is going to have to figure out at some point. In the not too distant future how they're going to how they 're going to recoup the four trillion dollars they've spent this year on on fighting this virus and and so i I think tax rates can only uh, can only go up so um, so we want to not go broke, so we talked about taxes, but the big one the big thing that can require people to go broke unintentionally is long term care costs we We have a health care delivery system for seniors in this country that that requires people that need long term care to essentially go broke, you know, and and the system is broken. And, and this is sort of my biggest, you know, my biggest professional mission I'm trying to accomplish is, is educating people on the fact that this system really does not work in your best interest. And I'll give you an example. And this is, this is admittedly an overgeneralization of how this stuff works. But you know, when we turn sixty-five and we're in retirement age, we're in our senior years, and we're on Medicare, right? So, Medicare is the healthcare system that we've come to to learn about and, and respect. And, and the vast majority of people are in the Medicare system when you're um, sixty-five or older. Medicare is not in the long-term care business Medicare is in the acute care business so Medicare overgeneralization Medicare pays for heart attacks and not for Alzheimer's disease Medicare pays for cancer but not for custodial care related to Parkinson's disease or to a stroke and I'll give you an example let's say um, let's say um, mr. Smith walks into my office and has a uh, and has a heart attack right so what do we do? Uh, we we dial nine one one. We get them on the ambulance. We get them to the hospital. They do they do the magic that they do there, right? They they open them up. They clean them out. They they do the valves. They do all that they need to do that these wonderful physicians do, and it's fantastic care. And we can we can help Mr. Jones live a long time because they can they can really patch him up. Now he might have a rehab stay. He might not be getting around great for the next couple of months. But the fantastic thing about Medicare is Medicare is going to do the heavy lifting on the bill here. Medicare is going to pay for the vast majority. This might be $400,000 of medical care that you need as the result of the, the heart attack. And Medicare is going to pay for that. There may be co-insurance and co-pays, and, you know, but Medicare does the heavy lifting here. So it's unfortunate that the person has the heart attack and is having health issues. But from a financial standpoint, they're not going broke over it. Right Now, contrast that with somebody that has a stroke. Somebody that has a stroke. They come into my office. They have a stroke. I call 911. I get them to the hospital. The hospital stabilizes them. Um, fixes him up a little bit to the point where he now is going to be discharged from the hospital a couple of days later and is going to go to a skilled nursing facility because this is a person that has had a bad stroke uh, and and is going to need care in a nursing home setting. Let's say that's for the rest of his life, and let's say that that's three years, four years. Well, that's also $400,000 in medical care, right? But Medicare is only going to pay for 20 days, maybe up to 100 days depending on how things are going, after which, he's on his own at over $300 a day to the nursing home, right? So Medicare, the system that we rely on for health care in our senior years, is not designed to cover all aspects of your medical care. It's not designed to high, to pay for some of the most expensive costs of, of medical treatment in your senior years, and that's custodial long-term care, nursing home stay or in-home care. By and large, Medicare doesn't pay for a lot of that care. So, okay, if Medicare can't pay for it, then what do we need to look at? Well, you look at medical assistance. You look at Medicaid because Medicaid can pay for nursing home stays. And look, I can't prevent if I'm going to need the nursing home. You know, the Alzheimer's Association says I got a one in three chance of of getting dementia as a senior. And so if that's the case and and you couple the fact that there's a one in three chance I'm going to have dementia and you you couple that with the fact that Pennsylvania says nursing homes, today's dollars cost one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year. That's today. What if I need the nursing home fifteen years from now? What's that bill gonna be? Is it gonna be fifteen, eighteen grand a month? What what's the number, right? It's gonna be it's gonna be so darn expensive and I'm gonna go broke because I can't prevent the fact that I'm gonna have Alzheimer's disease. And and boys, that's some scary stuff. You know, I don't work my whole life to accumulate some stuff. To, to end up with dementia and lose it all to a nursing home or you know more appropriately it 's not the nursing home 's fault here right you 're losing the money to a broken government system that requires you to go broke because you need a nursing home. Uh, nursing homes provide great care they provide care that you need. And you know, so the the nursing home is not really the enemy in this situation. The enemy in this situation is we have a healthcare system that requires you to go broke to get that care, to have somebody else help you pay for that care. Um, and then, and then the the fourth thing. So we've talked about control, not going broke. Um, you want to get the care that you need, right? So so this is related to that. You know, if I if I want in home care, I want to know how I can get in home care. If I want to go to the nursing home, I want to go to the place with the golden chandelier at the doorway rather than a place that smells funny, right? I mean, and, and so I want to make sure that I can get the care I need on my terms and and have a plan for that. And and so those are some different things that my clients want to plan for and we chat with them about. Uh, and finally, the kids get the leftovers, right? If, if I pass away and there's still some stuff around, I want it to go to my kids. If you don't have kids, whomever that is to you, the charity, a niece, whatever. But I want to be in control of where, the leftovers go. I don't want it going to go into Uncle Sam. I don't want to go in uh, in some legal fees or post-death administration of fees. I, I want it or taxes or or you know paying back in nursing homes or whatever. I want that money to get to my kids. I want them to have a better chance at a higher standard of living than I do because they received an inheritance from me. I want to leave a legacy. I want to make sure that what I worked for all these years wasn't for naught. right. And so I want it to get to the kids. Now, how do people do this, right? So, so you balance these things. I want, to, I want to stay in control. I want to not go broke. I want to get the care that I need on my terms. And, and when there are leftovers, I want to get it to the kids. Now, you know, the, the thing I think that concerns people the most and where people sort of do this self-help funding or, or planning is not going broke. You know, coming back to this issue with regard uh, to the nursing home, I want to not go broke. Okay, well, then what do people do? Because the government system requires you to go broke before they help you pay for care. So what do people do? Well, they give the stuff to the kids, right? But Medicaid doesn't really want you to do that. They've got this five-year look-back period, which is a a story for another episode. But they don't want you just giving away the stuff. Um, And giving the stuff away is risky business. Why? Because when you give up the stuff, you violated the first principle we're trying to accomplish here. You gave up control. Right, so I want to maintain control I want to not go broke. I want to get the care I need. I want my kids to get the leftovers. But if I put the house in my kid's name while I'm alive, what if I live another 25 years? My kid now owns the house. I've given up control. So, so I've sort of violated uh, the rules here, because you know that that could be scary. Even if I trust my kid, what happens if my kid dies before me? What's his will say? It says that my house goes to his his spouse. Right. Well, what happens when she remarries? What happens if, if uh, my son becomes disabled? What happens if my son gets laid off? What happens if my son starts drinking or gambling or doing drugs? What happens? What happens? What happens? You know, these are the exposures you leave yourself to when you give up control of your assets and put them in the kid's name. Now, putting in assets in the kid's name can help protect it from the nursing home, but, but at great risk. And so I'm not a big fan of it. Um, but at the same time, I want to help my families to um, to not go broke in the nursing home. I think it's the biggest culprit out there. Uh, and, and maybe I'm jaded. I meet new families every month where we're trying to help them uh, protect assets from this system. Um, but the fact of the matter is it is coming after a lot of us. Uh, and and so you can take action to protect assets, but you don't do it by putting the house in the kid's name. You ought to consider using a different type of trust, right, because you can use a trust to protect assets from long-term care expenses, While maintaining some level of control and in the process, not making your house or your money subject to your kids' issues, like your kids' divorce, your kid dying before you, or your kid's layoff, or your kid's drinking problem. I can protect assets without exposing my assets to my kids' creditor issues, predator issues, right? So I want to protect assets, but I also want to maintain control. And those are good reasons why a lot of our clients end up using trusts uh, in in their estate planning because you can accomplish that and that's really what our our workshop boils down to is um, understanding these systems you know so if you come to one of the workshops or you want to check out one of the ones that we have on our website online. Uh, I talk a lot about maintaining control and how do you do that? Maintaining access: who can get to the assets, who cannot get to the access uh, to the assets. And a lot of it is, I want my family members to be able to access the money, but I don't want the government system to take the money. Uh, and and there are ways to plan for this. And if we can do that, if we can do it correctly, then the other two the other two uh, targets get hit here. I'm going to get the care that I need. Uh, I'm gonna whether it's in home care or whether it's in the nursing home, you know, we can we can find that kind of care without going broke. And when I pass away, if there are any leftovers, the leftovers get to my family, they get to my kids rather than the tax man or rather than Uh, the probate fees or rather than the Pennsylvania state recovery program that wants to come after your house when you pass away if you've been in a nursing home. And so, you know, the idea is the idea in a really good estate plan. See, people tend to think about estate planning as who gets the stuff when I pass away, right? They, They typically just think about the will who are the heirs who 's going to get the stuff? what percentages right, but estate planning at least a good estate plan is way more way more complicated than that um, because the issues that we 're trying to plan for are way more complicated than that and and so it requires a little bit of education that's why we do the workshops. so come check us out listen the workshops are free we host host them a couple of times a month they're up in mars right off of route 228 super easy to get to from the interstate um and i do the workshops you're going to come in we're going to chat about all of these legal issues ask me all the questions you want wills and powers of attorney and trust and medicaid and taxes and I'll get you all the information you want to know. The, the workshop takes about an hour and a half. If you guys have a ton of questions, might go a little bit longer. I'm happy to share that time with you. But at the end of the workshop, you have a pretty good idea on how, um, at least my my idea, of what a good estate plan would look like. Um, and, um, and, you know, I, I think it's a, a good use of your time. Other resources you could reach out to uh, and find are on my website at secklerlawfirm.com, s e c h L-E-E-R, com. Uh, in case you joined us uh, late into this thing, I haven't told you what you've been listening to for a while. This is the Life and Legacy show sponsored by uh, my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. My name is Tim Seckler. I'm a certified elder law attorney, uh, and I've sort of devoted my professional practice here to helping people understand what they're up against when it comes to estate planning, wills, trust, powers of attorney, probate, and, and in particular, Um, I like to help families plan for the cost of long-term care. Nursing homes cost $130,000 a year, but you don't need to go broke. You don't need to lose at all um, to those long-term care costs. Um, There's a lot of things you can do proactively to set your family up, to set your affairs up in a way that we're not going to lose it all to the nursing home um, or to this crazy government uh, rule book that requires you to go broke if you have Alzheimer's disease. So if any of this rings clear to you, give my office a call, 724-841-1393, or go to... Um, secularlawfirm.com to find out more about us. Uh, Remember, folks, that the Life and Legacy show is for your education and for your entertainment. While I sometimes uh, discuss some lively legal issues, nothing in this show is considered legal advice. We talk a lot in generalities, but your specific legal uh, problem needs a specific legal solution, and you need to hire a lawyer. If you need help, we're available at 724-841-1393 or at thesecklerlawfirm.com. Show suggestions, ideas for guests, legal questions, email radio at secklerlawfirm.com, and we will answer your questions in in an upcoming episode. Uh, Thanks for listening this week, and uh, we'll check you out at the same time next week.